Is Tamra home? No, go away. Tonight on a late night fright, it's the 2008 movie The Strangers, starring that girl from Armageddon and that guy from Felicity. Is Tamra home? No, go away. Can you dig it? I did Tamra. Seriously, go away. You're going to die. Oh, baby. Baba Baba Booba. <laughs> Welcome, boogers, to the Late Night Fright. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very awesome, my very lovely, my very strange co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Doing pretty good. You know, we have a pretty good movie today that we're going to be talking about. This is a movie from 2008. Faith, this was your pick. Mm -hmm. Tell them what we're going to be talking about today. We are watching The Strangers. I mean, not watching The Strangers. We're talking about The Strangers. Talking about The Strangers. (laughs) I apparently want to watch it again. Starring Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman. And this was a movie that I had not seen for whatever reason. This had gotten past me. And I'm really glad that you picked this because I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. I'm very glad. We're going to be talking about it. So a little bit of business. Thank you for tuning in wherever you are. We appreciate it everyone who has tuned in to listen because we know you have a lot of options and we're glad that you've chosen to spend a few minutes with us here on our little show and we want to thank you for another great month of downloads we really appreciate that and we also want to make sure that you are aware we are taking the show to three times a week for at least the next two months faith tell them what we're doing on mondays (laughs) we are having a cage match mondays Cage Match Mondays, we are pitting the films of Nicolas Cage against each other, his performances in those films, to see which is the cagiest. (laughs) Who will emerge victorious in the cage match? And honestly, I don't know who it's going to be. I have a dark horse pick. My dark horse pick is Vampire's Kiss. Do you have have a a pick at, at this point? No, I really don't. But I'm going to try and keep there's an open so, mind. There's and, so many. I'm just going to let be it. And not be biased just towards Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, I'm no, just going to let it happen. See what happens, you really, know? I just I don't know. Is, <laughs> this is going to be something. So we're going to have we're going to have a lot of fun with that. And um, we we hope you enjoy that as well. But Faith, let's uh, let's talk about something before we before we get into The Strangers. Uh, this week, Avengers Endgame mm-hmm. became available digitally and we were two of the only people in North America, I believe, that had not seen this movie, which is now officially the biggest movie of all time. And if you haven't listened to him, we did three very small mini-sodes on the previous Avengers films, uh, up from the original up to Infinity War. And we had we have a pretty funny story about when we tried to go see Endgame. <laughs> and um, so what happened was it was about 98 degrees outside when we went yeah. to the movie Probably theater. Probably even hotter than that. <laughs> it, 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 I really think that, 112. The, that the heat index was around 105 that day. Probably. We got caught in a whole lot of traffic, uh, quite backed up. And yeah, we were late to the movie because of the traffic. We were late to the movie. 
which is something because there's 30 minutes of previews uh-huh. and we left in plenty enough time. We got caught up uh, going to the mall theater to see it. One lane of traffic. One lane of traffic. One lane of traffic. One lane of traffic. It was hot. I was hot going into the theater. Me too. We sat down and the 650 person theater was full. <laughs> it was two capacity. Full. Yes, it was. It was two capacity. We were the last two in. There were literally two seats. Mm-hmm. In the theater, we sat down in this great sea of humanity, um, and it was, I would say, I'm not exaggerating here, 90 degrees oh, yeah. in the theater. Yeah, air completely off. It was not moving. The air New. was just not circulating. People, It was open a weekend. People were loud. Basically, what I'm telling you is all People this- People brought their babies- Yes, there were babies and like like newborn babies newborn, who were hungry. Like no, yeah, yeah. So I'll just say this: I went in. I was not a happy camper when I went in. I was not happy when I sat down, and I. Got, I don't. I don't know if I've seen you get up from a movie so many times. <laughs> I got up about three times just to go get some air and get some water, and about about halfway through the movie, or an hour fifteen minutes into the movie. I leaned over to Faith and I said, I, I can't do this. Yeah, he's never said that. I can't do this. And I was in the midst of a panic attack. It, 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 was, it was really an awful situation. And, it was pretty and, bad. Like I said, not exaggerating it. She was, you know, she was there. And to her credit, Faith was great. She just said, Leah, let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's go well, you were soaked and I've never seen you. I, I mean, you were drenched. You and, were yeah, like a ghost or something. And I know. walked out and I was just pale and, and I was I was wet. Like even like the upper band where the belt goes on my shorts was wet it was just it was a miserable day yeah, so I wasn't gonna make you suffer so our, our funny story is we saw like an hour of in-game and like an hour and 10 minutes hour and or 10 so. minutes of in-game and we never <laughs> went back because i was like i'm not i'm not going back you know i'm not dealing with people have you been to a movie since i've not since? i've not been to a movie since Me i don't neither. know if i'm going to i don't <laughs> But um, but we watched it digitally on Tuesday, and so we want to do in this first section here is just because we did the minisodes on all the Avengers movies. I want to talk about Endgame because I really enjoyed Endgame, and this is an end to an era. Mm-hmm. And so let's get into it. And there's going to be spoilers here if you're one of the few in North America who or around the world who has not seen the movie. <laughs> We are going to have some spoilers here, so let's get into it. What did you think of Avengers Endgame? Oh, like a roller coaster ride? <laughs> Just the, 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 let me rephrase it. It was like uh, my emotions were like a roller coaster. <laughs> and you're not one that gets very emotional with movies, no, are you? No. So this is the uh, presumably the last movie that Robert Downey Jr. is going to appear in as Tony Stark and Iron Man. And I want to say this, uh, Faith, recently I got a new pair of glasses and I usually, I I have regular glasses, but occasionally I'll wear a blue tint Mm -hmm. to the glasses for a lot of reasons for working on computers or being on stage playing music and it really helps with the lights. But I said, I want to get another pair of tinted glasses. And I was leaning toward purple and Faith sent me a picture of Robert Downey Jr. with his rose-colored glasses and I am now rocking the <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. rose-colored glasses. So. What's funny, though, is I had texted you weeks ago before I even saw that picture and told you you needed rose-colored glasses. Yes, you did. I just had a feeling. I had a feeling. Yes, you did. I got them, and I thank you for so that because the world it's like looking at the world through rose-colored <laughs> glasses. So, But this is, uh, this is Downey's presumably last performance 
in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What did you think of Downey here in this movie? And what do you think of Downey uh, throughout all of these movies? Oh, I don't even know what to say. I mean, he's incredible. I mean, right? He's he's amazing. I right. love him. Um, I think he was the first really superhero that I was like, wow. I actually, you know, like in in the Marvel world mm-hmm. that I kind of fell in love with. Tony Stark is very interesting because he's not someone that I think he's especially when these movies start off with 2008's Iron Man. He's not, he's not a good guy. He's not a he's not a superhero. He's right. he's an arrogant, egotistical prick. Right. And what's amazing about Downey's performance is he never loses the sight of the fact that he's an arrogant, egotistical prick. But you fall in love with him mm-hmm. over over these movies, and it's he's such a wonderful actor. And mm-hmm. I want to say this too. I, I think I said this during the mini sods, but this is the greatest comeback story in Hollywood history. Oh, and absolutely. I am so glad that he's still with us. I mean, yeah. he's still on the planet that he that he got his act right and and is still with us. And I think it's great that he was able to to turn that that success into this success. And I think the world's a better place for him playing Tony Stark. I mean, that. And I know they're just movies, but I really do. I think the world's yeah. a better place for having these Avengers movies and, well, and him. Movie, movies make people feel good and they make people happy. And I think he helps attribute to that, you know, I do too. And I like what he was doing in this movie. I like the arc that I'm talking about that first movie because, you know, it really leads all the way in through this last movie here. And, Tony goes from this arrogant, egotistical prick and he turns into a very kind and loving family man. And it's absolutely beautiful to watch the change that has overcome Tony Stark throughout these movies. And it turns out that Tony's been the real hero of these movies the entire time. And he was right about everything. (laughs) He was right about everything going back into Age of Ultron and from the last first Avengers movie through Age of Ultron with being ready for this threat that came. And I, what I like about this movie is it takes a nice deep breath coming off of infinity war. Mm -hmm. And I think infinity war is the better movie because all of those pieces come together and it just, it's a build and a build and a build. And then the way that that ends is so down and empire strikes back. Like, and I think it's a better movie, but I think this is the more emotionally satisfying yeah. of them. And I like that it takes the deep breath. I like that it uh, it has some fun in the middle, and it's very serious for the first hour and very serious for the last hour. And you have a little fun in the middle. It's a victory lap through, literally through the Marvel movies right. and the way that they go back into some of the movies. Very inspired by Back to the Future, and I like that. Um you know, I I think it's I think it's really well done. What were some other things in the film that that really struck you? Oh, everything about it. I like I like how you talk about kind of how it started serious. I like that it starts off pretty serious, and there you you kind of feel that there might be a resolution, and then like you said, you have some fun, blah blah blah, and then it ends so horribly. It's yeah, <laughs> so heartbreaking. It's it's very heartbreaking. Yeah, but it it's like and that ending is very earned. Too. It's not something out of nowhere. Like I feel the the Harrison Ford death scene in The Force Awakens is not earned no. at all. It just happens. This you really feel it. Right. You really feel it. Right. Um, and and seeing 
seeing the character of Tony Stark pass away, not talking, who's been talking through 11, I think 11 performances as Tony throughout these 20, 23 movies now. Um, and that was his decision to have him silent in his last moments. And I thought that was absolutely, absolutely beautiful. And since we're talking about Downey, what was your favorite Downey moment of this film? Ooh, when he, when he hugs Spider-Man. <laughs> I think that's the finest moment. His finest moment on screen is when he yeah. is the wordless, the very silent looking at him. Yeah, that was, that yes. was absolutely, absolutely beautiful. I don't what know. About, I like him with his daughter too. That was great too. That was that was great too. His his Definitely his last unexpected. message was beautiful too. Yeah. His last message was was really nice. Uh what about the other characters? I have come to really love Karen Gillan as Nebula. I've mm-hmm. enjoyed her arc from Guardians of the Galaxy through this movie and I I see her a lot as a foil for Tony, uh someone who selfish and egotistical who's become right. part of the greater good, you know, yeah. and I really like Karen Gillan what she does with that character body-wise I do and too. And with the with the way that she she moves and, mm-hmm. and all of that, and uh, I think she's really wonderful. And let's talk about the literal big white elephant in the room. Let's talk about Fat Thor. <laughs> um, <laughs> Almost I, forgot about. I want to give. I want to give serious Thor. serious props to this movie for not only going there with Thor <laughs> but committing to it. And I want to say this too. You know, this movie caught some flack from a certain very loud segment of our population that's on social media, the SJW type crew um, who said that this was body shaming and, you know, how dare they laugh at Thor for being fat. Well, people said that. Yes. That, that was some, that was, that was out there. Yeah. Wow. Let me say this about this. And let me say this about the choice to make him, him large in this movie. First off. Yeah. It is funny when you see him for the first time because uh-huh. he's Thor and I- he's let himself go. And, you know, there's some some little wisecracks, but if you look at what has been going on with him, the PTSD that is set in with him from going back through Ragnarok, through now this movie, and he's lost his planet, his family, and all of his right. friends. Yeah, the guy's let himself go, but, you know, and yeah, there's some some jokes and some quips about it, but you know what? At the end of the day, he was out there, and he was, he was fighting, yep. and he was Thor, and he was yep. still Thor, and... I really like Chris Hemsworth and I like Oh, I like him too. what he was doing with the character in, in both iterations here. But um yeah, he got a, this really rare chance to play two characters, you know, kind of the same character two ways and, and <laughs> it's I think it's great. Um it's just a really, really what, what well do you done think movie. about uh what do you think about the Hulk? I like the Hulk. I like uh you know, it's like I said, there's a lot of resolutions in this movie, and I feel like there was some resolutions to you know, things that all the characters were going through. I like, you know, that he had, had resolved his issues, you know. Uh, my biggest complaint with the movie is Captain Marvel being in it. Um, <laughs> I wasn't a fan of the Captain Marvel movie. I'm not a fan of Brie Larson. I've said that before, on I think, on, on the show or it was on the Afterglow show I said it. Um, I've, I didn't like that they brought this character in at the last minute for right. this, which is like the the big victory lap. And here's this character that just kind of shows up. It, it kind of felt wasted, too. It felt like she was really shoehorned She kind of showed there. up, and then it was like... And she didn't come back until the it. end. It was like... Mm. And the other thing, too, is her two big things that she does in this movie, she saves the ship that Tony and Nebula are on at the beginning. That is a moment that could have been Rockets. Mm-hmm. Rocket could have figured out a way to get out there and get to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could have been Rockets. And then she takes down the ship at the end when during the big fight with Thanos. And that was a moment that she took away from the Hulk, that he could have done that. Hulk yeah. and Thor could have done So 
I feel like she just took away moments from other characters that might have needed them. She was just there. Exactly. And like I said, it's just, you don't know her. She just came in a movie before. I feel like, you know, if you're <laughs> going to introduce her, let her have the next phase. Cause yeah. I think they said she's the face of the franchise moving forward, possibly. So yeah, and I'm not really a fan. I'm so. not really a fan. Um, so we'll see, but, uh, I know for a lot of people out there, they kind of feel like it's over and it, it is, it's the end of an era, but this I movie, so. this movie I thought was very good. And and very touching, and uh, I'm not ashamed to admit I I cried. I did too. <laughs> I cried three times during the movie, and uh, when Thor saw his mother, when uh, Spider Man and Peter hugged, and I was just a wreck from the finger snap at the end through through the funeral scene, which was really great. And I want to give a special shout out to Alan Silvestri and his great score because we've talked about scores on this movie before, and. Too often these big movies, the scores are not very memorable mm-hmm. or, or you just, you know, you forget them 20 minutes into the movie kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, this, this is a great score, a lot of memorable stuff. I think the the funeral scene for Tony Stark, that music is really great and it's going to stick around for yeah. a long time. I think it's going to, I think it's just a it's wonderful beautiful. composition. And of course, the great Avengers theme that he has. But uh, Robert Downey Jr., he really carries this movie. He's carried, I think, this whole franchise for 11 years now and uh this is the end of an era and he's wonderful and uh you know it's good it's good if you're one of the now two people in north america haven't seen it i highly (laughs) recommend it and that is the end of our spoiler review of again do you have anything else on i do want to say that i did i really like paul rudd as ant-man and i really enjoyed him in this I mean, I always yes. like Paul Rudd. Paul but. Rudd's energy in that first hour was very welcome. Yeah. It was very good seeing him because he sat out of Infinity War and it was great. Him and Renner both, I thought, yeah. had a great energy in this. And Jeremy Renner, I never thought much of him until I watched Age of Ultron for our shows that we did a few months back, the little mini-sodes. And yeah. he's re- I'm really impressed by him now. He's kind of seems to be the heart of these movies in a way with the with him having the family life, you yeah. know. And also another one, Scarlett Johansson's never been, you know, big on my list, but yeah. I thought she was absolutely precious in this. She had some really nice moments. They the whole cast did, but she really had some really nice moments. You know, moments. we also didn't mention one of our favorite moments is when everyone showed up to fight. How that, amazing that moment is that is the <laughs> 10 year old comic book fan in me that is still there i still read comics on occasion and uh my god i mean it's if you told like, me 30 wow. years ago that i was going to see that i i would have i wouldn't have believed you and i got to see it and it and it was wonderful yeah. and uh it's something that's a dream come true it really is it's a dream come true i watched dr strange last night and um Mads Mikkelsen, you know, who plays Hannibal, mm-hmm. he plays um, the villain in Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And I saw an interview with him and he was on the set and he said, you know, these comic book movies are dreams come true for kids and for adults. And he was talking about how, how much he enjoys being in them and, and that kind of thing. And I think it's true. I think they're dreams for kids and adults. Yeah. And um, I do. I've, I've really enjoyed the MCU. Don't know where it's going from here, but like I said on the previous episodes, enjoy this because... This was historic. I know. This was absolutely historic, and we don't know if this is going to come again. So, well, we're going to take a short break, and when we do, we're going to talk about the movie that we're here to talk about. We're going to be talking about 2008's The Strangers. What do you think, Faith? I'm excited. If anybody knocks on your door, don't answer do it. Do not answer it. Don't answer it. <laughs> you better have a whole bunch of shotguns or you something. You better have right? a shotgun around. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side.
am Dan. And I am Faith. And we want to let you know that we are on the World Wide Web. That's the interwebs, isn't it, Faith? That's what I like to call it, the interweb. www.latenightfright.com. And we are also on the gram. We are. You can check us out at the Late Night Fright Podcast. Or you can also follow my personal page, I'm a Normal Alien. You're not exactly normal, but that's okay. Uh, Check out the website. You can subscribe to our mailing list. And if you like the show, please give us a review and subscribe and all that good stuff. You know us. We're available wherever podcasts can be found. You got that right. We'll see you on the other side. Hey there, fellow podcast listeners. Since you're listening to the Southern Spirits podcast, you must be into the paranormal. If you also like watching paranormal documentaries and picking them apart with a friend while having a boozy treat, we have a podcast just for you. Mysterious AF is a weekly podcast where Celesta and I, Charles, review documentaries about any and all weird stuff. Alien sex? Check. Bigfoot? Check. Slow-mo walking while aggressive rock music plays? Double check. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts, and also on Facebook at Mysterious AF and Instagram at Mysterious underscore AF underscore podcast. We also love hearing stories and sharing them, so if you have a strange tale, email it to us at MysteriousAFPodcast at gmail.com. Until then, stay mysterious! Welcome back, boogers, to Late Night Fright. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And Faith, what are we talking about? We are talking about the 2008 movie, The Strangers. This was your pick, as I said mm-hmm. at the beginning of the show. I had not seen this, which uh, is... you're crazy. Or I'm crazy, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is kind of rare here. You know, I've usually know. Uh, it's the other way around. But this is great. So this is a great change of pace. So let me ask you some questions about this. Right. Why did you pick this movie, outside of the fact that this is... A really wonderfully done movie, but what what made you want to do this on the show? That's really the. <laughs> there I go. Because <laughs> I love this movie. This is one of my favorite movies, and I know you hadn't seen it, and I know everybody in the world loves this movie. So I mean, why not? Right? Why not? So this came out in May, May thirtieth, two thousand eight. It was written and directed by Brian. Bertino, it stars Scott Speedman and Liv Tyler, who I think is really, really good in this Mm -hmm. movie. So let's get into it. Let's give a short synopsis because it's kind of easy to break down. A couple who has been arguing and you learn what their argument is about throughout the course of the movie. They go to um, Jamie, is Scott Speedman's character's name. They have been at a wedding, I believe, and they go to his summer home that is owned by his parents. And while they are there, they get a four o'clock knock on the door and mayhem ensues after that. That's about it, right? Pretty much. That's about it. So three strangers all wearing masks. Um, Would you say that they attack them? They make their life hell for a little while. Kind of like torture, I mean. Kind of like torture. Yeah. But not like a Saw movie. It's more just a psychological psychological thing so you know i think that's another reason why i picked this too because this movie just absolutely terrifies me for that that reason i mean 
they're not even really touching them or hurting them right. in any way at this moment. It's just that whole entire, they're watching them, they're banging on the doors. You know, that's creepy. This has a true crime feel to mm-hmm. it. And the movie says at the beginning, although I don't think it is actually based on real events, it is, uh, they say that it's based on real events. Now, what did you think when you rewatched this and you saw that? Because they have the little narrator saying what you're about to see happen. And, right. <laughs> you know, they're still trying to figure out, you know, the specifics of what went down. Did anything flash through your head when you were hearing like and seeing that? That reminded me of the beginning of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. True. With the John Larroquette narration at the beginning of the yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I, and I went, ah. <laughs> and it was too on the nose, I think, to be... Um, you know, just have been put there to be a coincidence. I was catching a lot of things from other movies that we've talked about on this show before. The other thing that I really noticed that is really prevalent here is the sense of isolation. And on our very first show that we did scream, we talked about how Wes Craven uh, did the setup of the shot of the house Mm -hmm. that Drew Barrymore is in. And you see just how in the middle of nowhere it is, and that there's going to be no reprieve for her. No one is going to show up to help her. Right. She's out in the middle of nowhere. Did you notice that with these shots? Because I, <laughs> I think this movie does a really good job with establishing shots yeah. and letting you know the lay of the land and where you are and really kind of then how dire this situation is. Mm-hmm. Real sense of isolation starts off the movie with these people. Sense of isolation kind of permeates the entire film. Um, with the situation that they're going under and then where they are. I thought it was really well done. And uh, the shot, there was a shot, a particular shot where they, they pan out and they just show the house just sitting there in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere. You know what it reminded me of? What? Titanic. There's a shot in Titanic where the boat's in the middle the of boat. nowhere mm-hmm. and they pull out and they show you just how vast that ocean is. And yeah. there is no one coming to help. <laughs> they are all alone. They are on their own. And I thought, I doubt that that was a nod to Titanic. You never know. It could have it could have been, but I was definitely getting getting that vibe off of it. What are some other movies? You said you had noticed some things from other movies? Really, really Scream and Titanic. That was it, it was it was the two and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, were the three can, that yeah. the three that really kind of kind of struck me there. Um let's see. Another thing that I th- I like about this movie is the sound design. I think the sound design on this movie is absolutely top yeah. top notch. Now I was watching it this morning, and I was texting you as I was watching it. Now, what did you say about the sound design? I don't remember. You said it really. It's your favorite. That part was of yeah. The movie. That I mean yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you're uh, first off okay. You, you mentioned isolation. That's creepy enough. But then you know that nobody's really around you. There shouldn't be anybody <laughs> banging at your door. And the way that they do this and how loud it is, they. I mean, it's so creepy. It was so loud, it scared my dog, Lily. She was sleeping under the cover with me, and uh, she heard the banging on the door, and she got up and went and looked at the at the front door to see if anybody was there. It was it was actually pretty funny. Um, you know, the first time I ever watched this movie, um, I watched it with surround sound speakers. Mm-hmm. So just picture that, how loud that was. It was so loud. It sounded like somebody was actually banging on the door. Oh, I'm sure it did. It's, it's very well done, and... This movie has a quote unquote score, but I don't want to call it a score so much as it's more of a sound design. Right. Um, and usually I really hate this when they do these jump, quote unquote, jump scares. And they have that like little stab, you know, with the orchestra, like bump, you know. Right. 
Um, this movie does it really well. I didn't feel like they overdid it and they were effective when they, when they were used. Exactly. Um, you compare that to something that came out around the same time, like the, uh, we did it on the show, the second show, the Elm street remake. And that was all over that movie. I think to the, to the detriment of that film and here it's used really great. The sound design is really killer here and really contributes to the vibe of this movie. Exactly. I think it would have, it just would have been not the same. I think that the sound quality just hadn't been, you know, so top notch, like you said. I completely agree with you. Now there's another film technique here that is, that is at work that I really like. And this movie has a pace that is pretty slow. Mm -hmm. This movie really takes its time. Um, really like even with the shots with the panning of the camera there's no quick cuts or jump cuts there's nothing that would cause an epileptic seizure like too many movies do these days you know what i'm talking about with that yeah of course you really are and and the one shot in particular is when Liv tyler playing Kristen, is in the kitchen and she's getting some water i believe and she turns and you see the stranger in the mask the the, i call him the head stranger the with the bag over his head and he's in the background in the hallway and he just lets that shot happen yeah and see i'm gonna go ahead and jump to favorites that's go ahead. my favorite scene for the whole movie oh i think it's i think it's wonderfully I done i love that scene i think it's wonderfully i think this whole movie is wonderfully directed uh from pacing and tone say, yeah the pacing i think makes it so much creepier to watch because it's already so intense and you don't know what's going to happen and indeed yeah, you this wait movie for it. almost feels like it happens in real time too. It doesn't, but it feels yeah. it has a real time feel to it. Um, one of the other things too that I really like and contributes to the sense of isolation is you don't get this movie from the point of view of the strangers, which I think really uh, adds to the tension in yeah. this movie and to the vibe. You don't see them except for when our characters see them, which I think is a really nice directorial touch. And you even don't see them when they take their mask off. They can be no. anybody. Uh-huh. It's 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 really got a sinister, creepy vibe going that it, it holds throughout <laughs> it the entire movie. Um, but I thought that was that was a really good choice uh, that you're not getting it from their point of view. And I was thinking of a movie. Uh, have you seen the movie Panic Room with Jodie Foster uh-huh. that was directed by David Fincher? Mm-hmm. You get that movie from the uh, the. Uh, people who are breaking in you get that movie from their point of view you switch between them right and that's a great movie this is just a different vibe from that movie so i thought that's kind of a comparable film to this in a lot of ways but you know and that's it you don't know what they want you don't know why they're there you don't know why they've been targeted and that works because then it contributes to the end of the film when you get what i think is perhaps one of the most sinister things in the film when the two little Mormon boys are coming down the road and they take a pamphlet from them, you know, they're little, you know, have you accepted Jesus? And you hear the girls say, well, it'll be easier next time to get into that, to get into the house and absolutely chilling. And you never see their face. Well, you see the girl, you see the girl when she shows up and asks if Tamara is home. But it's still dark. You don't really, you don't really get her full on shot, you know, right? where it's lit up. A lot of, lot of stuff going on here that, that's all really, really well done. Um, my only complaint with the movie is why did they even open the door at four in the morning? I just want to, you know, I don't is know. Tamara home? <laughs> and who is Tamara? We never get an answer as to who Tamara is, yeah, do we? No, we don't. We don't get that we don't. We don't get that but answer. Hey, I mean, they, they get in somehow, even without them opening the door. So, I mean, you know. 
Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> they come in regardless, so you know. Right. Um, let's talk about uh let's talk about Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler I've always liked Liv Tyler. I've never, you know, gone, ooh, Liv Tyler. Let's go see, you know, let's go see the new <laughs> Liv Tyler movie. Yeah, you know, she's a she's a fantasy Hall of Famer because she was in the uh Lord of the Rings movies and uh she's She's been in a lot of stuff. She was in Armageddon. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she's got some some nice credentials here. I think she's really good here. What did you think of her in this movie? I love her. I think this is the movie that actually, I'm like, wow, I actually really like her. Because she's not somebody that's ever stood out for me. Um, and I've never hated her. Yeah. But yeah I, I, I think that's what I was trying to say, she too. She has yeah. just a nice quality to her that's easy to watch. I don't know. I, I enjoy her a There's lot. There's a real soft empathic quality to her yeah very soft she's very soft-spoken and her features are soft too yeah and there's a there's a calmness and a stillness i think to her that i really like which is great when you see her reacting to these things and um we talked about badlands last week we did a week of shows last week in case you weren't aware those are all available and on tuesday we did uh thursday i'm sorry we we did true crime thursday we talked about a great movie called Badlands, and we talked about that movie and the performances in that movie of Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek and how it feels like you're watching the characters in that movie just being. Yeah. And I feel like in this movie for a little bit, you're watching Liv Tyler just being. You know, yeah. I, it doesn't feel like she's acting. That's a great point. You know, I was I was definitely getting that. Maybe it's because we saw Badlands. Maybe. Recently, but yeah, I can see that. I mean, the whole just her, even by herself, when he's out yes. giving her cigarettes, you look like you're just watching somebody in their house. Just she doesn't feel like she's acting, no, which is great. And I forget who said it years ago. I remember hearing somebody say, you know, ninety percent of acting is reacting. You know, it's it's not the the saying of the. It's just reacting to what's happening around you, or what people are saying. And she really sells this. She she really sells what's happening to her in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think so for sure. That's not to take anything from Scott Speedman. I think he's right. solid, um, but she to me it feels more of the the central role here. And I want to ask this question: What happened? I know he asked her to marry him. Is that really kind of all that you get? <laughs> like, I was really trying to figure out, you know, what what the uh, argument was about between them. Yeah, she said no. And that was it. That was it. And you never know learn why. You you just it just. I thought she said at one point she wasn't ready to get married or something, but I mean. But that's it. That's it. You don't get any kind of you know, in depth look at their personal life. You but know? I mean, I don't think I don't, I didn't need one really. You know, for this movie. I mean. No, no, not I at all. I wasn't like I wonder what happened or not you know, at all. it's not like I not wonder what they do for a living. You know, it's just like it doesn't really matter at that moment. Right, right. I just, I just thought it was one of those things. Like it was kind of yeah. neat, like you know. Um, but this, this is just, is just really, really, really well done. I haven't seen many movies like this. So you're, you're totally cool with this choice, huh? I am, I am one hundred percent behind this choice. I like what you texted me. I think you said we finally have a movie with tension or something. This, this movie has, yeah. You know, I, I've talked about this on the show before. How many times there's no tension, mm-hmm. and it was one that we did recently. Constantine, mm-hmm. which was part of the week of shows on the uh, Fantasy Friday that we did, had just no sense of urgency to it. Right. It uh, no tension, uh, but I feel like there was another one too that just, you know, in that recent batch, um, 
you know, even Freddy's Revenge doesn't have yeah. that sense of of urgency like that first movie does. And we don't want to talk too much about that first movie because <laughs> maybe on the slate soon. Maybe. It's possible. <laughs> but uh, this movie, it I was sitting up. I watched this early in the morning. And I had my coffee. And I was sitting up, leaning forward right. in my bed. I was sitting like Indian style and lean, and then I started leaning forward. And this was before anything had ever had really happened. It was just so, you know, the tension just kept building and yeah, building the way, and building. Yeah, because just the way it sounds, just the way it was shot, I mean, uh-huh. it pulls you straight into it. You're like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? You know? And like I said, even when things aren't happening, the only movie I've seen like that that has the tension riveted, uh, riveted revved up i don't know where i'm looking for it's been a long day revved up like that is uh is the original alien movie for the first 45 minutes uh when nothing's really happening and you just have this sense that something is going you know is going to break you know but um really 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 well done it is i mean this movie gives me anxiety my heart races the whole time i watch it there's only a handful of movies that actually do that it's uh this movie and the Insidious franchise, which which are another set of movies that got past me that are on our. Oh we have God. a master list of movies that we're going to do. And I know I'm so upset that you haven't. Seen I know, them. I know you are. I mean, and I've been holding off watching them for when we. I had to watch them. them in my sister's bed because she was so scared. Wow, uh, she she had to have somebody close to her while we watched them. It's it's they're pretty terrifying, and I feel like that this movie is kind of in that same category with them because it's just like intense and (laughs) just pure creepy yes absolutely pure creepy absolutely Mm -hmm. pure creepy and one of those things you know this is something that could happen to anyone you know Mm -hmm. and one of the terrifying things in this movie to me was when Liv Tyler asked them why they did it and she says because you were home yeah and that is just that's actually my favorite line (laughs) yeah mine too that's just evil that's just sadistic and evil and They were taking such sadistic pleasure in, you know, torturing this couple that hadn't done anything to anyone. I mean, you know, they had bluebell ice cream for God's (laughs) sakes. You know, I mean, I know this is a bluebell ice cream. That was one of the. It was vanilla, though. Was it? I thought it was peach. Oh, I thought it was vanilla. Well, either way, it's bluebell ice cream. I don't like bluebell vanilla. You know, going off the beaten path here, I had wanted to talk about this on the show. And speaking of bluebell ice cream. What was up with the people licking the Bluebell ice cream? Did you see that? <laughs> yes, I did. So if you're out there listening, I think it was in Mississippi, a young teenager filmed herself going to the grocery store. She took the Bluebell ice cream out of the freezer in the supermarket. She licked it mm-hmm. and put it back. Yeah. And then it caught on somehow. And then it caught on. And then a guy in Louisiana Around our way, he uh, went into the supermarket. He's an older man who should know better. And he pulled it out and he licked it and put it back. And, you know, the people filming it thought it was hysterical. I'm going, that's just. I actually read somebody did something else with ice cream. I don't, do I want to know? I don't, I don't know. Do <laughs> they, I want to know? They stuck some stuff in it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. The lady brought it home and it had some imprints in it. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine what. I also see that people are now peeing on potatoes. That's the new thing. How do these things... They are things whipping it out, peeing on potatoes, walking In the off, grocery store? In the grocery store. How did this become a thing? I have no idea. I mean... 
And and why do people copy this crap? Why are you, know? you filming it? Why, why are, are you, you filming proud it? Of it? They're gonna find out who you are. Why are you proud? Yeah. Of peeing and licking things that's, that you shouldn't. I mean, that's amazing. That's wow. <sighs> that's almost as terrifying as the strangers. <laughs> I know. You know. <laughs> Um, one of the other things I really liked in this movie is I kept waiting for a last second reprieve. I thought someone was going to come through the door. I thought they were going to be saved. I, I really did. And there was no reprieve for these people. No. Even at the end, there's just nothing. I mean, I, how did you feel when the brother came in? And oh, that I saw that coming. I, <laughs> I, knew, I knew that was going to happen. Now, I will say this. The way that it was filmed you know, and executed was wonderful when he comes um he comes down the hallway and uh, is, is saying hello, you know, and just gets it right in the face. I thought that was just wonderfully executed. So much in this movie was well done. And the director, Bertina, I was noticing I don't think he's done much mm-hmm. since since then. I think he did one of the sequels to this movie. In fact, I have I have him here. Why don't you take a look? And uh, let's see. He's done The Strangers, Mockingbird, uh, the Black Coat's Daughter, The Monster, Stephanie, he's out there, and The Strangers Pray at Night, which just came. He's only directed three movies, Strangers, Mockingbird, and The Monster. He was mm-hmm. a writer on The Strangers Pray at Night. So it's kind of interesting because it's such a well-done movie. Yeah, I would hope that he would do something else because he seems to really kind of have it. Yeah, I mean, he seems like he knows what he's doing. I mean, it Definitely. I mean, I was impressed with the film with this as a, right. as a film yeah this is one of the better films i think we've watched on this show you know now let me ask you mm-hmm. what would you have done i mean you know you've got someone at your front door you pretty much have somebody at your back door you don't have a phone they broke into your car your car smashed what do you do i uh, you you get out of there at all costs you have to you have to find a way out of that house or find a place to secure yourself, Yeah, you know, but I think, you know, you have to get out of that house, you know, and if you have a firearm, you have to start shooting them. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. You have to that's start what shooting pops them. Into my head. You like, start, you have to secure that house though. Yeah. You have to secure your entryways, you know, that's now I'm saying now I'm not in that situation. You know, you never know what you're going to do in that situation. That's the thing. Right. You know, but, uh, you secure the house. What about you? I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I agree with that. I'd, I mean, I'd grab the gun, at least, or however many there are. And one of the things I was noticing that they were doing in this movie is they were doing things that you that were smart. I was noticing, like, she's in her little negligee you know, at the beginning of the movie, and when it seems like something's a little wrong, she puts on her pants. I was like, good girl. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, she went and she locked the door. She didn't open the door. Uh-huh. You know, she didn't just walk out. I was like... So those horror movie tropes weren't in there, you know what I mean? Right. Like, that you'd be in a movie theater and, like... You know, people will be screaming. You know, at the at the theater at the screen. Yeah, they weren't like, in don't there. Go outside, don't do it. Yeah, don't do that, girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so I felt like you know, yeah, they're making like quote unquote good decisions for the most part. But no, I think you secure the house and then you get out. You know, that's that's it. I would just be terrified they get you when you. Get out. And then I'm curious what would have happened if they hadn't opened the door at the beginning at yeah. 4 a.m. You know. Yeah. So I, w- I never would have opened the door. No. Me neither. No. I didn't understand they didn't ask who's there because I would ask who's there. Me too. You know. Don't just open it. You don't like, just what open What do you want? I mean. This movie's a public service. It's safety You obviously know where you are. I mean, because this is what, his brother's house or whatnot. So, I mean, or you his father's know you house, have yeah. no neighbors. <laughs> so, I mean, don't open the door. Right. 
hey, this kind of goes back to our TV Tuesday episode about doors, but not technical doors. Yes. Be careful when you open the Be door. Be careful which doors you yes. open. Yes. Literally and figuratively. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. Um, I really like this movie. I'm glad you picked I'm it. I'm so glad and, you um, it. And I'm going to recommend this movie to a few people I know in Good. case they haven't seen it because I just thought it was really well done and very well directed. And Liv Tyler is, is magnificent in it. And uh, lovely girl. She's really, really lovely in this. So uh, things you liked. Favorites. We always do favorites. I kind of already mentioned two. <laughs> yeah. Favorite shot. Yeah. The one of the kitchen where you could see him in the background. I like that there's a lot of background stuff. Yeah. You know, he uses the whole frame. Yeah. It's not just does. like they're yeah. right up close with him. I like that you have to look and there's stuff happening. In every, you know, and, and I like that this movie wasn't all on shaky cam like too many of these movies, you know, would want to be, you know, shaky. What did I read about this movie with cameras? Hmm. Do you see anything up there you got on Wikipedia? I read something about the cameras they used, didn't I? Or is that something else? <laughs> I don't know, but Liv Tyler says this is the most difficult movie she's worked on because of the screaming and she got tonsillitis because of I it. read that. Yes. I read that. Yeah. Because they wanted her to actually react to stuff and actually scream, which, I mean, makes sense. Yes, and uh, this movie was made for $9 million, so pretty, you know, it was made efficiently, not cheaply, and it's all on the screen. I think this is just so well done. I don't see anything uh, on cameras, so. What was, okay, maybe it was something else we watched. I don't know. Could be. Yeah, and this movie also, kind of interesting, um. It is. Uh, it was shot in chronological order, which a lot of movies aren't. So mm-hmm. the fear as it's ratcheting up. Um, yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah, great movie. It's it's really really well done. Did I, you have any favorite things? I mean, that shot. You know, that really, I, I couldn't really pick anything out particularly. Like, oh, that's my favorite. But yeah, those I, two I lines I whole, mentioned. The whole tension of. I mean, yeah. the tension of the movie is kind of a favorite thing for me. I mean. Absolutely. You know, without all of that, I don't think it would have. Would have been the movie it no, is. No, no, just another home invasion movie. Yeah, nope. it's really well done. I, I highly, highly recommend this movie to, to everyone bad. out there and watch it again. Yeah, and I can't believe it took you so long to watch it. I know, I know. <laughs> but you know, sometimes you know, just movies get by you. You know, it, it happens I know, every I now know. and then. Yeah, I know. So well, I, I mean, I haven't seen Top Gun. Don't and... tell anybody that. You lose all our street cred. But you're gonna watch it before the sequel comes out, right? I'm gonna watch it tomorrow. Very good. Very good. I want a full report on it next week on the sh- on the show. Yes, sir. Um, you have anything else on the strangers? I think I I think I have everything. That's everything on my end. It's just very very good. Yeah. Um, like I said, the DNA of Texas Chainsaw and you know um, Scream. You can see Wes Craven's influence mm-hmm. and Tobe Hooper. You know, all over this. Really, really yeah. well done. Um, so Faith, do you want to? Should we let the cat out of the bag? Should we let them know what's what's yes. next week? I, I say go for it. All right, so on the show next week, our Monday show is going to be Cage Match. It's mm-hmm. our new Monday show where we're going to be pitting the films of Nicolas Cage against each other to see which performance is the cagiest. And Faith, next week, what do we have up on that Monday show? It is Vampire's Kiss versus uh, Driving... Is it Drive Angry. Drive Angry, there Drive we go. Drive Angry. I already forgot. And I'm going to say this right now. I don't know what movie's going to come out on top. I really don't. This is This is... A science experiment is what this is. (laughs) 
So the inter- excited. The introductory show to that, where we kind of lay out our scoring system, is available right now, wherever podcasts are found. Next Tuesday, we are going to be venturing into the world of Doctor Who. We are going to be doing the Weeping Angels episode from the David Tennant era of Doctor Who. Now, you've never seen an episode of Doctor Who, I have, have you? I have not, no. So I really think you're going to like this. Carrie Mulligan is in it, and like it's just a really, really good episode. I've used this to introduce people to Doctor Who before, and it's got some really great horror elements, So, I'm along with the sci-fi. And Faith, finally, our Wednesday show next week. Tell them what we're doing on the I show next week. I think you should tell them. We are doing 1984's Wes Craven-directed film starring Robert England. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I think they get it. Yeah, we're finally doing the original Nightmare on Elm Street, which is part of why we started this show. Yeah. Part of, And we're finally getting around to it, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's one of my I favorite movies of all time. Yeah, it's way better than Freddy's Revenge. Oh, time. way better. <laughs> way better than Freddy's Revenge. So... <laughs> Well, that's all I have. Do you have anything? That's all I have. As always, we want to thank you for your support. We want to thank you for listening. We know you have so many options. Thank you for spending just a little bit of time with our little show. And, well, until then, I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we want you to keep keep your your monster monster on a leash leash. and don't answer the door at 4 a.m. Right, Faith? That is right. We'll see you on the other side. (laughs) 